This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 119, we learn about what is new with ANSYS Rocky and review news and events from the world of ANSYS. Welcome all, I'm Eric Miller, your host on these podcasts and one of the owners here at PADT. And speaking of being here, June is here in Phoenix. I'm recording this on June 6th, and we have had our first day over 100 degrees, um, and it's happened late this year. So we can't really complain, but I will. Um, and this week is cooling off. So uh, good, good news for us here in the desert. Even though the pandemic's response has been mostly behind us for a bit, I think we all kind of liked, uh, me personally, like living in our various virtual caves. Um, But I'm starting to see a change. We're seeing more of our team here in the Tempe office coming in uh, more often to work and more customers coming in to visit PDT. And we're able to get out and visit people even more because, um, well, when we go to visit, they're actually in their office and not at home. That's one of the things we've noticed as we travel around the country as well. You know, I'm working from home, so I can't be with you. So it's it's, um, now, I have to admit, most of us chose a career in simulation because it mostly involves working by yourself in front of a computer and not having to interact with other humans so much. But I have to say, I've been enjoying the increase in interaction that we've seen lately. Um, and it's been really good. And uh, hopefully, we'll get to meet some of our listeners out there as we get out and about at events and visiting customers. Um we also had our PDT company meeting last month. We do that twice a year. And a good chunk of people, uh, largest since before COVID, were able to be here in person, about 60 to 65. I think it was, I think at the end, it was around 65 folks of our 90 or so employees were able to make it. Um, and if you're curious about uh, what we look like in our new, we had these really cool light blue shirts that we got with PDT logos on them for the guys and these uh, dark gray, almost black uh, shirts for, for the female employees. Um, so if you want to see what we look like, uh, about 60 of us, you can go to www.pdtinc.com, then click on About Us, then on History. Then in the little history section, go to the bottom tab. It's called a revitalized team. And then scroll to the bottom of that section for our 2023 picture. So it's worth the clicking. Um, I think we all look pretty sharp uh, out in front of the PADT building here at the ASU Research Park in Tempe. So uh, I bring it up because I'm very proud of the group of people that work here. They do amazing things. They're fun to work with. They're smart, they're humorous. And um, I kind of want everybody to kind of know what they all look like and, and feel a little bit closer to us. Uh, even if it is in a virtual sense. So moving on to our interview, I'm very excited about today's episode because we're going to talk about Rocky, which is just cool. And you'll, if you're not familiar with the code, you'll learn why. Um, we've talked about Rocky before. It, it was written by a channel partner in South America, ESSS, and then ANSYS was distributing it, and we were happy to be part of that. And then ANSYS just decided to go ahead and acquire the tool from ESSS, and so it's now part officially part of the full ANSYS family. And what that means to you as users is better integration with other tools, as well as a faster pace of adding capabilities and features. But uh, let's hear from the ANSYS product manager of uh, the Fluids unit um, in order to find out more about Rocky. I want to welcome everybody to our discussion today about ANSYS Rocky. I'm joined by Jeremy McCaslin, um, who uh, is joining us on our podcast today to talk about this really, really cool tool that uh, if you've listened to the podcast, you know I'm a huge fan of. Welcome, Jeremy. Thanks, Eric. really appreciate being here. Um, thanks, thanks for the invite. 
Yeah, I really want to learn about the tool for those that don't know about it and then get an update on what's new for those that have looked at it in the past or use it. Um, but let's get started with a little bit of focus on you. What is uh, your background? How'd you become an in, a, a, a simulation person? How'd you get in the world of simulation? So I am coming to you guys today from Costa Mesa, California. Um, I work for ANSYS out of our Irvine office and my house here in Costa Mesa is about nine miles from the office. Um, and so I, I split time between my home office and uh, and the Irvine office. So I guess a little bit of a little bit of background about me. Um, I uh, I got a bachelor's degree in physics from a, a really small liberal arts college named Covenant College back in 2008, mm -hmm. and then um, I decided that I I really wanted to do a little bit more hands-on stuff. The physics world was fun, but I got a little tired of talking about particles and boxes and things like that. So I. Uh, I went to <laughs> went to University of Colorado at Boulder. My family was all in Colorado at the time, and I love I love the snow. I love to snowboard, and yeah. I thought, hey, why not go to grad school somewhere you know near the Rockies where I can get up there on the weekend? So um, I was at CU Boulder, and I did a master's in mechanical engineering. Um, and it really, it was it was my fascination with flight that drove me towards fluid flow. And uh, so I started out working for a professor in a wind tunnel doing some measurements. Right. And, um, and then eventually I got linked up with a professor that was more on the simulation side. And so that's kind of how I got connected into, into fluid mechanics, specifically the computational side of fluid mechanics. Um, so I finished my master's at CU Boulder, and then um, I went to Cornell University in Ithaca, New York, where I did my PhD, also in mechanical engineering. Um, and that was where I got very heavy into the CFD and worked with a group where we, we wrote our own code. Right. And um, I specifically, my basically my my thesis was developing um, techniques, numerical techniques to to track the free surface between liquid and gas flows. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's kind of that was my my area of expertise and my specialty. Joined ANSYS right out of grad school um, <clears throat> on the uh, on the ACE side. That's our ANSYS customer excellence team. So I was an mm -hmm. application engineer. I did that in various roles, uh, post-sales support, pre-sales support, consulting, did uh, a bit of flavor there for about four years, and then I joined product management um, in, in 2019, and that's where I've been ever since. And, um, you know, as a, so I, I look after the the fluids product line as a whole, mm -hmm. and and that's where Rocky kind of rolled in. And it's, you know, it's a little bit misleading. We talk about mm -hmm. Rocky and, you know, I'm sure we'll get into that, but, mm -hmm. you know, Rocky's much more than Rocky. Rocky's not fluids, right? It, it right. relates to fluids, <laughs> rolls up under my product line. And uh, it's been a blast. And it, I've been super impressed with, with the team, with the Rocky mm -hmm. team and, and the software itself. Um, so that's been a lot of fun to kind of add to the portfolio and to have a privilege, the privilege of being the person looking after Rocky. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. And you're right. It's for those those people like me that I'm a structures guy. You know, if it's if it's not solid, I consider it fluid. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we'll throw it in there. Or, or if it's not a field, right? It's not a field, yep. or it's not a solid. Um, we'll call it a fluid. So I, I get it. Um, so let, let's start there. Um, for those that are not familiar with what Rocky is. It, it's, you know, it's a different kind of solver. It, it solves a different kind of problem. Let's get kind of a high level overview of what, what that solver is. Yeah, sure. So, so Rocky is really, um, this will be fun. 
but you know <laughs> what what you, you could call it many things you could you could call it a discrete element modeling tool mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. um, there, there's a there's a field of computational engineering out there called discrete element mechanics or discrete element method mm -hmm. and rocky falls into that category right? right it's not a it's not a continuum structural solver like a finite element solver mm -hmm. and it's not a continuous fluid solver like a finite volume or a finite difference um, mm -hmm. solver like fluent is or cfx is right mm -hmm. so it's, it's a it's a different umbrella of engineering tools and it, it that umbrella is really called discrete element modeling and cool. the key the key word there is discrete right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're talking about we're talking about discrete elements things that are not contiguous right like i've got i've got a rock over here and I've got a rock over there. They're not touching each other. There's space in between them, right? They can move towards each other. They can move away from each other. They can collide with each other. They can break one another, right? So it's kind of like a pool ball. Pool ball is on a table, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I'm playing pool, well, as I as I shoot the pool balls, right? They're moving through fluid. There's fluid around them. The air in the room is the fluid around them. Mm -hmm. If I zoom in on one ball, that itself is a structure, right? And if I look on a small enough scale, like if I'm the size of, of a pea compared to that pool ball, then all of a sudden the ball is pretty big. And that's a, that's a very, that's a continuous solid structure that's much larger than me, right? If I'm in the reference right. frame of the pea, but me as the, as the person playing pool, these are discrete objects. They're nowhere near the size of the pool table or of the floor that I'm standing on, right? So there's when we talk about discrete elements, they could be treated as discrete for a number of reasons. And one of the main reasons is what is the what's the length scale that we're looking at? What's the length scale that we're considering, right? Okay. Um, so so that's a really good overview, and I think it, it really helps us understand that we're we're dealing with these particles. I, I think of it as ping pong balls, I think pool balls, things like that interacting with each other. And um, let's let's talk a little bit about why we use this method. What kinds of problems is it good for solving that maybe the other methods we talked about, like the finite volume, finite difference, finite element, aren't a good solution for? Mm -hmm. Sure. So one thing first I'll say is mm -hmm. when we say particle, we do have to be careful, right? Like mm -hmm. when, when we did the acquisition recently and we were drafting the press release, um, one person read it and said, uh, you know, when we say particle physics, I think of big bang theory. Right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, coming from a physics background, that's very true. Like there are yes. people out there called particle physicists. There's a branch true. of science called particle physics. That is not what we're talking about with Rocky. And so, the word particle is kind of a misnomer, which is why I like to use the words discrete element, but that's, you know, okay. yeah. to, to the layperson, they're like, what the heck is a discrete element? So mm -hmm. it gets a little tricky, the language, you got to be careful. But when, when I, I will say element and particle kind of interchangeably, okay. but, you know, Rocky, one of the, one of the really awesome things about it that differentiates it is it has, you know, it can do what we call shaped particles, right? Like a particle mm. can be any arbitrary shape that you can think of, right? Like you can, you can very accurately represent, uh, you know, a, a banana or a gummy okay. bear or a <laughs> stalk of corn, right? These things could all be particles and Rocky, right? Mm -hmm. You know, my camera's off, but I said that with air quotes, right? Like <laughs> it's just, it's a discrete object. It can have any shape you want, any arbitrarily complex shape and Rocky can, 
model the shape of that object, right? And it can model multiple of those different together in the same environment coming together and colliding, right? And so mm-hmm. um, there are lots of really interesting applications for it. So like, for example, if you are, let, let's first talk about use cases that are relevant to uh, the, the traditional ANSYS user. And I'll right. focus on what we would call our flagship users, people doing mm-hmm. ANSYS, ANSYS CFD, like using Fluent or ANSYS structural users using ANSYS mechanical, right? Right. So if you're, you know, just, just think of uh, large companies that make heavy machinery and, and um, agricultural equipment or mm-hmm. mining equipment, right? Like Rocky came from the mining industry in South right. America. That's why it's called Rocky. Ah. And you have these, these heavy duty things that, that scoop up gravel and rocks, right? Earth movers. And mm-hmm. as they're, as that bucket loader is scooping through rock and gravel, you know, it's going to experience structural load, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's picking up heavy equipment. Is it going to break? How long is that bucket loader going to last? There's, there's actual structural damage happening to that thing. And so ANSYS mechanical can account for the, the loads on the bucket loader itself in this example, but it cannot account for the rocks and the gravel that the bucket is scooping through and picking up. And that's where Rocky comes in. So Rocky can model the motion of all of those different sized rocks and debris and gravel that's being Mm -hmm. scooped up. And, you know, the actual, you know, the weight of gravity of those things and the, the, the momentum of them bumping into the bucket loader causes forces to be exerted on the bucket loader. And so Rocky talks with ANSYS Mechanical to transfer loads from the rocks to the bucket loader and, and back and forth. And so Mechanical is covering the bucket loader and solving for the stresses there. Rocky is accounting for the, the, the motion of the, of the bulk material of the rocks and of the gravel, mm-hmm. right? And Another good example on the fluid side mm-hmm. would be like a fluidized bed reactor, right? And if you have, if you have, uh, if you have, you know, a, a a bed of material, a bed of particles, and you start shooting fluid through it, this interesting thing happens that we call fluidization, right? Right. And I like to give people the example of you're walking on the beach, you bend down and you scoop up some sand into your hand, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you open up your fingers a little bit and the sand just kind of falls through your hands. Like, is that, is that sand, is it a fluid or is it a solid, right? right? right. It looks a heck of a lot like a fluid, right? But mm-hmm. you zoom in, each little granule of sand is a solid particle, right? And so solid objects can behave like fluids when you fluidize them. And so a fluidized bed reactor is a bed of bulk material and we shoot fluid through it and you do all sorts of interesting um you know, biochemical reactions mm-hmm. and combustions in, inside of that chamber. And, and in some instances, all of those granular materials, maybe they're all spherical and they're all similar shapes and sizes. And so you could get away with using a different approach, all intrinsic to a tool like Fluent, like a, you could use like a, a, a dense dispersed phase model or right. um, other approaches. But if you're looking at a lot of biochemical applications, those could be that could be mulch. They could be wood chips in there and they're all different shapes and sizes. And you're not going to get the fluidization behavior properly unless you count for the, you account for the different shapes and sizes. And you can do that in Rocky. And so Rocky would couple with fluent in that instance, right? Perfect. Um, yep. So that's, that's a classic example. There's all sorts of others, right? Like if you're, if you're driving a, a buggy, 
mm-hmm. like an off-road vehicle around, um, you know, in the, in the high, high, high desert here of California, mm-hmm. you're driving this thing over rocks and sand and all sorts of hay. You know, there's this, there's a, a serious issue where you can actually collect debris in certain parts of the undercarriage of the vehicle and you can cause a fire to happen. Right. So gotcha. in that case, you've got the airflow over the car and under the car coupling with Rocky to account for the presence of these, of, of all this different debris that's being collected underneath the car. And, and Rocky, keep in mind, literally a fiber, like a, uh, a strand, a flexible fiber, mm-hmm. Rocky can treat that as a particle, right? So Rocky can model anything from, from, like I said, gummy bears to right. to hair inside of a pet vacuum cleaner or hay being <laughs> caught under the debris uh, as part of the debris under your car. So it's an incredibly vastly applicable tool um, across all sorts of different industries. So th- those are, I was trying to give you a flavor for how yeah. it adds value to, mm-hmm. you know, our core flagship mm-hmm. products. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's but, a, that's a good overview. Um, so um I guess I guess one really uh, big question that I have is that multi-physics question. So, mm-hmm. what does Rocky couple with? So I I can I can model my discrete objects, and and I I do think of potato chip modeling sometimes when I'm hungry, um, <laughs> but you know I want to know what the load is on on the conveyor belt or the hopper or whatever that, mm-hmm. or or maybe I'm blowing on it with the airstream to separate mm-hmm. out things. So mm-hmm. can I can I do that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. You can. Um, really quick, since you mentioned yeah. chips, right? We mm-hmm. we do have a really cool example, and this is a uh, this was you know it's in the public domain with with uh-huh. PepsiCo, and um, they are they literally have potato chips inside of a seasoning drum, right? And this thing is rotating, mm. and I mean, you're like, well, wh- why are they simulating that? Well, imagine you bought a bag of chips and you reach your hand in, and maybe they're barbecue flavored or whatever. Right. You grab a chip. And there's no flavor on it. And then you grab another chip and it's like, holy cow, your mouth's yeah. overwhelmed because all the barbecue flavoring was on that chip. And Or you reach in and all the chips are are broken. It's a fresh bag. You expect crumbs well, at yeah. the bottom, but, you know. <laughs> Not all. So yeah. this is actually like a, this is a packaging and manufacturing issue. Right. Where Rocky adds major value. You can simulate these 2D, these 2D shells as particles mm-hmm. in Rocky, rotate them around in a drum and optimize the seasoning you know, the design of the drum itself and, and the actual process. And that, in that instance, you could do that all with Rocky. You wouldn't okay. have to couple it to anything, mm-hmm. but the tools, I think specifically your question was, what are the ANSYS products that can couple to? Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you can couple it to Fluent. Mm-hmm. You can couple it to ANSYS Mechanical. It couples with ANSYS Motion. Ah. It couples, um, and then, you know, it, it basically, it has, it has workbench plugins. So, mm-hmm. you know, imagine your typical workbench setup, you've got fluent and mechanical, well, you can drag Rocky in there. You can connect them all together. You can have motion in there. Um, it works with OptiSlang, So you can do optimization in Rocky with OptiSlang. Um, yeah. So it's, it's very, it's, it's very deeply integrated into the, to the portfolio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's 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 one of the things I always really stress with folks is uh, when Ansys brings in a new tool, it just doesn't sit on the shelf. It gets put in with everything else. So mm-hmm. very very pleased to see that. Um, so I want I want to dig deeper, but people won't listen if we talk longer than like thirty minutes. So we'll move <laughs> on to the sure. next question because because I'm I'm just fascinated by the physics of it. Um, but um, the 
uh, I guess I guess so. We kind of talked about the basics and how it's used, and and so some great applications. <clears throat> so, when did the acquisition happen? So, our, our friends, for those who don't know, our friends down at ESSS are, are you know the second best channel partner in the world after PDT. Um, they they <laughs> they wrote it, and uh, we're we're huge fans of them, and we're we're always huge fans of Rocky. And then recently, how long ago was it that Ansys acquired the tool from them? We acquired the tool. Uh, the deal closed towards the end of December of of last year. So just okay. You know, five, so very recent. Yeah. Okay. Very, very recent. recent. So so that it it was working, of course, with Ansys and in the Ansys world, and then you guys acquired mm -hmm. it. And so after the acquisition, you know what what that you can share with us. What's what's been updated on the code and anything about future direction that you can share? Sure. So um, so like you said. So the E Triple S guys, fantastic mm -hmm. partner, and yeah. like 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 many of our channel partners, they they recognize you know s sort of let's say uh, you know a hole in the portfolio sounds bad, mm -hmm. but that's essentially what it was. Yeah, they they created a tool that you know as a reseller advances, hey, here's something else that would add value to that por portfolio that we can right. sell alongside of the Ansys brand that we sell. And so Rocky was created as it it really was created with Ansys coupling in mind from the get-go. Right, and that, that's why, you know, even before we acquired them, it had mm -hmm. all of these couplings with the Ansys portfolio. And so um, it was a very natural fit. And since the acquisition, we've been just, we've been trying to do our homework to understand what are the ways that it couples with mm -hmm. the Ansys portfolio and, and how can those couplings be improved, right? Um, like for example, Ansys and Fluent, or sorry, um, Rocky and Fluent mm -hmm. coupled together in many mm -hmm. different scenarios, like we've started only barely right. discussed. Yeah. Um, and all of that coupling happens through user-defined functions in UDFs. Right. Um, uh, and sorry, user-defined functions in Fluent. And mm -hmm. so we have a tool called System Coupling that really is for you know mapping field quantities between solvers back and forth together. And so system coupling would be the natural way to couple these together. But back when Rocky was first integrated with Fluent, that wasn't really, um, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason, the system coupling route wasn't gone. It might've been a timing thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure mm -hmm. it kind of predates me, but mm -hmm. um, that's an obvious one, right? Is we want to be able to couple our flagship CFD solver and Rocky with the best coupling methodology that we have right exactly. and so that's yeah. something that we're actively working on right now um on the mechanical side it's the same thing they already had some system coupling couplings in place but it was really only on one-way coupling side and so we want right. to we want to get two-way coupling there and then another big i would say synergy post-acquisition is um bringing Rocky into our pervasive insights plans. And, and I mean, we could do mm -hmm. a whole nother podcast on right. what the heck is pervasive <laughs> insights at ANSYS. But um, what I will say is the the developer ecosystem, you know, if you've heard of PyANSYS, we have mm -hmm. this effort to basically get, you know, headless versions of all of our solvers wrapped in Python APIs mm -hmm. out there in the open ecosystem through GitHub, right? Yeah. And we've made great ground. We've made a great... Uh, sorry, we've delivered along that roadmap substantially. Mm -hmm. We have PyFluent out there. We have um, PyMAPDL out there. Mm -hmm. And so PyRocky is something that we want to deliver. We want to be able to awesome. deliver, you know, the Python. And one, one great thing about Rocky is it already has a Python automation API around wow. it. So it's, you know, delivering PyRocky is going to be a much lighter lift than, mm -hmm. you know, 
high fluent, for example, but mm-hmm. it's, it's still, you know, we need to stand it up and get it out there in GitHub. And then, you know, so that, that's the first step in having Rocky come along with ANSYS in the pervasive insights journey. Um, that's, that's and, really encouraging. Yeah. And then more, more from just like, let's say a, a core software architecture and, mm-hmm. um, you know, informational like best practices of software mm-hmm. development perspective, Rocky brings so much to the table, right? Like it's, it uses, it's, it's, it's built on C++ and Python mm-hmm. for automation. And it mm-hmm. uses, you know, modern graphics toolkits. Like it's just a very, it's a very powerful modern software from a software mm-hmm. development perspective. And I'm not a software engineer, so I can't mm-hmm. really say exactly what those things are, but you just, you know, fire up the tool and use it and you can, you can feel what I'm talking about. Um, right. And so there's a lot of best practices from Rocky that can be shared, you know, cross-pollinated across ANSYS development teams. Um, Cause we, we have a lot of tools that have been around for a very long time, very long time, which is just fantastic. Cause we have all that experience, but you know, there's always room to improve and modernize software development practices and things. So, so true. So true. The core ANSYS solver is still, you know, on the structural side is still Fortran. So it's, <laughs> it's uh, uh, old, 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 older, older. I, I, yeah, it was, it was mature when I started using it 30 some years ago. Um, so, um, very cool. Um, what about hardware? Is this, is this something where you need like a super duper set of uh, computers like you would for a big fluent run? Is it kind of like a big mechanical run? What kind of compute power do you need to run? Um, I, I know it depends on the job, but yep. mm-hmm. l- l- let's say I'm I'm scooping rocks uh, mm-hmm. with with a front end loader. What what kind of a computer am I need for that? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And like you said, I mean the main thing is really going to be the size of the problem, right? And mm-hmm. so in the in the mechanical or 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 fluent context, what that means is how big is the mesh, right? right. Rocky being DM is it's, it's what we would call a, a meshless method, right? Like mm-hmm. there is, there is no continuous mesh. So when mm-hmm. we talk about problem size, we're talking about how many particles, right? Okay. Um, how many particles, what's the, what's the faceting required to represent those particles, right? Like if you have a bunch of spheres, well, you can resolve those, you know, the surface resolution to mm-hmm. resolve a sphere isn't super high, but if it's, if it's tablet compaction and these are, you know, tablets and you need to capture the shape properly, well, you're going to need more points and polyhedral Mm -hmm. element types to represent those particles. And so it depends on how many of the element that you're looking at and also the shape of the element. And that will dictate the hardware. And um, what you need is, so another great thing about Rocky is it is platform independent. So it runs on CPUs and it runs on GPUs. But what I will say is you know, it really was designed and optimized for GPU uh, consumption. Okay. So it, it's you're not going to be overly impressed with its performance when you run it on CPUs. Mm-hmm. When you run it on GPUs, that's where it really shines. And so, you know, if you've got a laptop that you bought within the past decade, let, mm-hmm. let okay, let's say within the past five years, <laughs> yeah, whatever the whatever GPU it has on it, Rocky is going to run on that GPU. Okay. Um, and the performance that you get will depend on what are the, what are the specs, right? Like every GPU has a certain amount of, of, of VRAM associated with it. So mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you don't exceed the RAM on the card. And mm-hmm. so really it's, it's a matter of how big is the problem. Um, and if, it, if, it, if you're trying to do, you know, like let's say a hundred million particles and you're looking at 
some, you know, pharmaceutical process, right? Then you're going to be running this thing probably on a server somewhere, making use of, of uh, Tesla architecture, NVIDIA cards, V100s right. and A100s, right? right? Most of our users that are doing, let's say, industry strength, Rocky simulations, mm -hmm. they're running on V100s and A100s. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, it is limited. I will say it is limited to NVIDIA today. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. And as part of, you know, going back to your question about acquisition, mm -hmm. we are, you know, in, in the, uh, on, let's say on the, on the discovery and on the fluent context where we have this GPU solver for fluid mm -hmm. flow, that's NVIDIA compatible today, but we already have a prototype working on AMD. We want to be able right. to do Intel cards as well. And so that's one thing we want to add to Rocky is we want to be able to make that NVIDIA only GPU code, we want to be able to have that run on on other graphics cards as well from other vendors in the future. That's good, That's good to hear. Yeah, unfortunately, the uh, Bitcoin miners have moved on to their own custom chips so that you can actually buy GPUs now, which was a bit of a problem <laughs> there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, sucking up all the inventory. Um, yeah, we had, we had an application <laughs> engineer's kind of tongue-in-cheek but sent out an email saying hey look what i found on ebay and it was uh he found a dgx an nvidia dgx <laughs> box on, on ebay yeah. yeah they moved on to their asic yeah that's funny um well okay so so covered all the the hardware and the software um and and this is just like any other ANSYS product, right? So if you're interested in learning more, you can go visit the ANSYS website. Mm -hmm. um, I assume there's some stuff in the Learning Hub uh, yep. Yep. on it. Okay. Yep. We've, okay. we've got a there's a Rocky uh, a mm -hmm. classroom. Do we call it or what? Yeah. There's there's dedicated Rocky material okay. on, on ALH. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Excellent. And so they should just reach out to whoever they get their ANSYS from, and uh, maybe get some uh, Elastic licenses and uh, or token. What do we call them? Elastic. They keep on changing the name uh, of them, but the, the ANSYS, uh, ANSYS the elastic, elastic yeah. currency yeah. currency yes elastic currency um and uh you can try it out uh or if you just need it every once in a while and uh, you know search search the uh youtube as well for some really cool videos that have been out for a little while that to kind of show uh, i highly recommend that they, they show what you can do with this tool and it is it is for those of us that have been trying to do this kind of simulation for for decades. Um, it's amazing what you can do. We did a we did a coffee bean roaster about 15 years ago, and ended up doing it at LS Dyna ah. um, with with spherical part. They were spherical beans because <laughs> because mm -hmm. we that was easier, um, and it was a nightmare. And and now that's something you could do uh, very quickly in, in Rocky. So it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's uh. There's definitely. LS Dyn and Rocky are similar in that they're these like they're these really extremely powerful tools that mm -hmm. have that have a they have a capability set that allows you to I mean almost anything you can think of mm -hmm. if you were to pair Rocky or Dyna with one of our other products you can simulate mm -hmm. it right like I mean yeah. Babies pooping in diapers. Right? Exactly right. Sounds a bit yes. obscure. I've seen simulations of that. <laughs> exactly, it's true. It is the limits. The limits are almost gone, and with the addition of uh, of Zmax and some other new tools, um, it really, really is wonderful. We we almost never say no. We can't do that. It's it's. It's yep. uh, the, the two questions we used to get a lot from, especially from our national lab customers, were lightning and basically uh, big piles of rocks, right? And yeah. uh, and and we can we can use Delcross to do the lightning, and we can do the big pile of rocks with Rocky. So yep. um, we don't have yep. to say no to those anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> my uh, my my roommate from 
from grad school. Shout out mm-hmm. to Professor Jesse Capasalatra, University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> man, if I had a nickel for every time he, we'd be sitting around the apartment and he'd say, <laughs> we should simulate that, right? <laughs> All the time that phrase came out of his mouth. And that's one of the things I love working about ants. You yeah. can simulate pretty much anything. Yeah, We can do it now. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. Um, well, this has been very useful. Hopefully we can get you back on in the future and talk about other fluids products sure. and um, um, really, really appreciate your time and um, hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate the invite, Eric. This was a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So as you can see, this tool opens up a whole class of simulations that we just didn't try to do in the past. I I don't know about you, but being able to simulate a pile of rocks is just cool. It's just one of those things when you think about the math behind it, um, it's pretty exciting um, and uh, a, a real advance in simulation. And we hope to see more and more applications people use it in ways we didn't think of. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just cool. So we highly recommend you check it out. Uh, contact PDT if you're lucky enough to be one of our customers. And if not, whoever you get your answers from, please reach out to them. Um, as I think I mentioned in the pod in the uh, interview, um, this is a great tool to try out with some of the Elastic things um, and, and ANSYS Cloud and stuff like that. So you can really see how it works if you've got an application that it fits for. So for today's commercial break, I want to talk about webinars. Although I'd like to think you listen to this podcast because you find my voice so soothing and inspirational. But we all know you listen to this podcast because you want to learn more about ANSYS products and what is going on in the ANSYS world. But we just scraped the surface in our interviews here. If you want to dig deeper and delve into what is new in various ANSYS products, you should or, or learn about ANSYS products you're not super familiar with, you should check out our webinars on a service called Bright Talk. Over 5,300 people subscribe to the PDT channel on Bright Talk, where they can find over 125 different webinars, and about 100 of those are on ANSYS-related topics. Um, they're given by the same experts we have on the podcast they, that come from ANSYS, for PDT's ANSYS support team and consulting team. We talk about new features or how to use the tools better. It's free, it's easy, and we keep seeing more people subscribe to the channel, which must be a good sign. I think what sets our seminars apart is that we're not just reading through slides that we get from ANSYS, right? We use those slides and we kind of redo them and we add what we think as working engineers is important and what you really need to pay attention to and how it can affect your job. So check it out on brighttalk.com. Uh, and search for PADT. So you go to brighttalk.com and search for PADT. Or if you don't want to do that, you can just type PADTINC.com slash webinars into your browser. And we'll go ahead and redirect you to the channel on Bright Talk. And don't forget to subscribe. You will get a notice when you when we add a new webinar, if you do that. So please enjoy. Let us know what you think. Let's go ahead and move on to news. We'll start with the, uh, the ANSYS stock. Well, the market is generally doing better, and so is ANSS, the ANSYS stock. Uh, before the uh, market opened, when I looked this morning on June 6th, they were at $327.86 per chair. Share, not share, share. That puts the market cap at twenty-eight over $28 billion. That is 26.88% increase from the time uh, one year ago that the, um, the price has gone up 26.88%. And the S&P 500 for comparison over the last 12 months has only gone up 4%. So ANSYS is outperforming the broader market. The price is just short of the high this year of $332, but still not up to that just north of $400 that it was before things kind of slowed down. 
What we have not done is look at their Q1 financials. Um, and so I did that. I apologize. Here we are in the last month of Q2 um, and we haven't looked back. So let's go ahead and take a closer look. And well, it was a good quarter. Revenue uh, of $509.4 million in Q1. So that, that bodes well for doing $2 billion for the year. Um, a profit margin of 25.1% on that on a $100 million profit. So even I can do that math, 500 million, 25%, 100 million profit. Um, and they had a record Q1 annual contract value of $399.4. So that's, that's uh, you know, contracts they sold that, that go out into the future. And a new number for me, I, it's probably been there, but I didn't recognize it before. It's called the deferred revenue and backlog of $1.357. So that's the commitment from customers to, to spend money with ANSYS. These are contractual commitments. So that's revenue they're deferring or backlogs they have on the books. So that's a lot of money that they, if they don't add anything, they'll get. So year over year, Q1 to Q1, uh, revenue was up 20% and profit was up 42%. So that's good news for those of us who want them to spend more money on R&D. Uh, that profit allows them to either acquire people or hire more engineers. So cash on hand is down a bit to $508 million, And long-term debt is the same place it was before at $754 million. So a strong start to the year and a lot of long-term contracts in place. So pretty healthy considering the uncertainty in the market today. Uh, it's good to see it. Uh, the people that we care about um, selfishly are the, the developers who um, hopefully will get paid and will keep adding great capability and fix bugs. So um, good stuff. Um, we'll, we'll take a look at um, Q2 when it comes out the first half of the year in a couple months. So in the world of news, the big news is that Ansys made another acquisition. Uh, they bought a company called Diocopto. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, the bad news is I have no idea what they do. It's a chip simulation tool. I've never heard of it before. Um, I, I think it's it's it fits within the product family. That's the Apache product family. Uh, and looking at the press release, they actually say the acquisition complements ANSYS's existing sign-off solutions and enables integrated circuit designers to detect problems early in the design flow. So this is when you're designing your big, massive uh, integrated circuit chip um, and you want to make sure all your transistors are lined up right and all your, your stuff is in the right place. And... Uh, and you use this tool to do that. So very sophisticated, very high end, um, and must do something that uh, we didn't do before. So um, if you're in that space, you're probably pretty excited about it. Um, there was only one other interesting news story that just came out, um, and, and I thought it was cool because if you're like me, you kind of grew up uh, reading about how shark skin reduces drag, right? The 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 way that the the, the pieces of the skin kind of tile on top of each other. It, it creates a more laminar flow over the surface of the shark. Um, and it turns out that somebody at Lufthansa, uh, a company called Lufthansa Technik, which I think is their uh, engineering arm, used ANSYS to figure out where to put a coating that uses kind of a uh, shark skin idea. And the idea there is to place it in places that need more laminar flow, which therefore reduces drag, which uh, depends on how you look at it, reduces emissions, which is good for carbon reduction, or uh, reduces the cost of gas for a flight, which increases their profit. So it's a win-win either way. So um, thought that was really cool. Great use of ANSYS um, and uh, worth a read to kind of get dig into that deeper. We don't have any news from PADT. Nothing going on here worth talking about. 
on the ANSYS blog. It's been over a month since we took a look at the ANSYS blog. So there's been a lot of articles. So if you don't regularly check out the ANSYS blog, I recommend you do. Uh, they're really getting, you know, they're getting bigger. So they've got more people submitting content because they have so many different products. But they've, they've made a real commitment to content creation. And so they're, they're doing some value-added writing. Um, so you should check out the ANSYS blog uh, pretty regularly and see what's there. So my three favorite articles since the last time we talked, which is a little bit over a month ago, um, is a company called Hermius disrupts aviation at hypersonic speeds with ANSYS simulation. So they're developing a hypersonic engine, I believe, and they're using ANSYS to figure out how to do that. And if you know anything about hypersonics, you know these are shock waves at very, very high speeds, a lot of energy, plasmas, all sorts of crazy stuff, um, an, an area, a lot of temperatures, a lot of big temperature gradients. Um, so great application for ANSYS. And uh, we have some customers that are doing that as well. And uh, love to see the growth in that area. Also, they cover the Space Symposium, which if you listen to the podcast, you know we were at in April. Uh, PDT was in the Arizona booth. Um, and ANSYS, of course, was there with the, the folks from what used to be AGI. And so they wrote a really cool article, Space Symposium 2023, Mission Accepted. And it kind of parallels some of the things I said in, a, in an article I wrote for the Phoenix Business Journal here about um, space is, is, you know, pun intended, taking off. It's no longer about... Um, how we're going to do something or when we're going to do something. It's about we're doing it and we got to figure out, we got to figure it out. Um, the people have launch dates for their products. Um, it's not, it's not planning anymore. So there's just a ton going on in commercial in military in exploration, you know, government paid exploration stuff going on around the world. It's not just the U S and, and the EU. Uh, it's, it's really cool. So, um, if you're a space geek of any kind or, uh, definitely read that article and follow along with what's going on in that space. And then the last one is, again, an aerospace-related one. We're kind of aerospace-heavy this time. Um, it's hybrid electric propulsion, a new era in aviation. So we're seeing people look at using electric propulsion on aircraft. And um, it's hybrid in that the electricity can be created in multiple different ways. It can come from a battery. It can come from some sort of a generation source, maybe a, maybe a more efficient turbine engine that's generating electricity. Um, there's, there's all sorts of hydrogen. There's all sorts of ways to, 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 to do a hybrid. It's kind of like your hybrid car, like my Prius, right? So uh, check that out. Um, yeah, I think in our lifetime, at least my lifetime, I'm not that old, um, I'll, I'll take a short hop at least on an electric uh, airplane, which will be kind of cool. So less carbon and uh, hopefully quieter. Let's hope that's part of it as well. Then... Um, on the PADT blog, <laughs> well, we've been really busy. Uh, we haven't really published anything that's ANSYS related. There's a couple articles on Flonex and 3D printing, so do check those out if you're interested in those things. But our staff has been busy supporting customers and uh, hasn't had time to write anything. So I am working on an article about PyANSYS that I hope to have done by our next podcast. So hopefully by putting it out there, that'll get me motivated to finish that project. Um, that's pretty much it for news and publications. Um, upcoming events. Let's see what's going on in the world of PADT event-wise. So I'm just bringing up our events page uh, on the PADT website. So hopefully you'll get this before this one, but since it's on Bright Talk, you can always listen to it after it's recorded. But our very own Jim Peters, who's a frequent contributor to the podcast, will be doing LS Dyna updates and ANSYS 2023 R1. If you're not an LS Dyna user, I recommend you listen to this webinar. We're using LS Dyna for stuff we didn't use LS Dyna for five, 10 years ago, right? It was mostly explosions and crashes, which we still do with LS Dyna, but we're doing all sorts of other stuff. Metal form, more metal forming, more manufacturing 
manufacturing processes, modeling biological systems, stints. There's just a lot going on in Dyna um, that it is really expanding our ability to do simulations. So definitely check out that webinar, even if you're not already a, an Alistina user. And if you are an Alistina user, you definitely need to hear what Jim has to say about what's new. Then uh, upcoming at the end of the month, we're going to be at the Turbo Expo in Boston. So it's in the U.S. this year. It goes between the U.S. and, and overseas every year. Um, it's uh, at the Heinz Convention Center, I guess, in Boston. And uh, we'll be, we won't have a booth, but we'll be walking around. Now we've got a lot of customers there. We do a lot of work there. Uh, we'll have some folks in the Flonex booth. So if you do go to the Turbo Expo, stop by the Flonex booth and say hi to the people in the PADT shirts that are there. So we'll, we'll, we'll be definitely representing uh, Flonex um, as well as ANSYS as we walk around. And then also that same week here in Phoenix, we'll, we're a sponsor of and we'll be speaking at the 2023 E-Mobility and Clean Energy Summit which is uh, put on by the Arizona Technology Council and the Arizona Commerce Authority. Um, we are focused, uh, NASU I think is helping with this one. We are focused on really talking about the business of electric vehicles, electric aircraft, batteries, um, alternative energy, clean energy generation, clean energy storage. Um, we're not really getting into water and stuff like that. We're really talking about energy here. So um, solar, wind, um, you name it, geothermal, I think we got some discussion on. So it's really a, a really uh, a chance for you to meet all the players in the uh, clean energy e-mobility space in the state and hear what they're working on and talk about the business climate for that kind of stuff. And um, that's pretty much it until July when we will be at another Tech Council event. July 13th is going to be the Aerospace Aviation Defense and Manufacturing Conference. That's down in Tucson this year. So uh, uh, Raytheon has been kind enough to be, a, be heavily involved this year. So we're going to go down there and spend some time uh, really uh, talking about all of the incredible aerospace stuff, you know, aviation, defense, and um, space that's going on in the state. And then we're also going to talk about manufacturing. So highly recommend if you're in the state of Arizona or do business in the state of Arizona for aerospace, you check that one out on July 13th. That's events. That's everything. So I want to thank you very much for uh, helping us out on all this stuff. Don't forget to subscribe at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. That that link will take you to our newsletter. The podcast can be subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 119. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.